Cinema Obscura. There are the horror movies outside the usual realm, thrillers with a holiday theme. Recently, we asked for your input on some of the little-known films that can deliver chills well beyond December, and we found a pretty good one, I think. I'm Steve Nikhazy, and I'm joined by independent Philly filmmaker Andre Bennett. And Andre, first off, some background on how we found Silent Night, Bloody Night. Well, we asked all of you to submit your 31 days of Halloween lists, all of the movies that you watch every day in October. One of them, submitted by at Cannibal Lord, won the whole thing. His pick was Silent Night, Bloody Night, which is not to be confused with Silent Night, Deadly Night, right. the, the more well-known holiday slasher. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, material on, on the second movie all over the internet. But this one, uh, a little bit, maybe, perhaps harder to find, I don't know, uh, e- even though it is in the public domain. It is, but it's less known, despite some of its cast, as Mary Warnov, John Carradine. Mm -hmm. And like Mary Warnov, a a number of Andy Warhol superstars are also in this movie. So it it should have more of a degree of infamy than (laughs) it already does. Although I believe it's also been remade and there have been sequels made, but that's also because, again, it's in the public domain and therefore you can do whatever you want with it. The premise is a solid one. The story revolves around an inheritance and a mansion with dark secrets from its days as a mental asylum. That's scary enough as it is. The townspeople are reluctant to talk about the past, and that's setting the scene for evil from the shadows in this movie starring Patrick O'Neill and James Patterson. And as you mentioned, John Carradine is in this, appropriately scary in this role, but he has no dialogue. Yeah, his character is mute. And he plays one of the townspeople who are protecting some sort of secret. They're trying to buy this mansion that is now for sale that uh, was at one point an asylum. And Patrick O'Neill plays the lawyer representing the owner's estate. The owner was this apparently terrible man who died in some sort of accident where he burned to death. So one of the early scenes is a man running out mm-hmm. of this mansion on fire and – I like scenes in movies where people are on fire. Okay? Well, that was a very effective one. <laughs> it was. And this was filmed in 1970. I believe it was also released under the name Death House. Not to be confused with a recent movie shot uh, locally called Death House. But this movie has so many elements that I want to like, but it never really added up to more than the sum of its parts for me. But I love the one shot where you see the killer escaping the asylum, but it's from his point of view. So it's this POV shot of someone racing through all these people and jumping into a car. And I was like, wow, this is thrilling. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Uh, John Carradine's character had an interesting way of responding to anything that was put in front of him. Uh, I'm thinking about the uh, the initial meeting involving Patrick O'Neill and the sheriff and some of the people Yeah, like from a the bell, town. right? Yeah, he had a, yeah. a, a bell he would ring, and it was freaking Patrick O'Neill's character out. And what's up with this? The yeah. bell ringing. The movie shot on Long Island, but set in Massachusetts, I understand. I think the house in the film is still standing. Really? That's interesting. In Oyster Bay. I mean, it's a kind of a mansion kind of house. I wonder about that because that's a really beautiful house. Mm-hmm. It's just this magnificent old place. There's a scene where the killer is stalking the lawyer and his girlfriend in this house. And between the atmosphere and the direction, it's really tense. It works. It, it really does. But ultimately, uh, it's James Patterson who plays the ostensible hero. He plays the son of the old man selling the place, and his lawyer goes missing, and he comes to investigate. And I don't know. I just feel like 
you could have just come earlier. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you could have just like if you were I don't know. I guess he was late to arrive to meet up with the guy. Mm-hmm. But some of this movie is very confusing to me. Yeah, uh, but I think the end without giving anything away. Oh my goodness. It, it is a very satisfying ending to this movie. It is, but at the same time there's this big twist that's so convoluted that it's amazing that I even kind of understood it, but at the same time it's really shocking or at least it should be. Mm-hmm. There's this kind of like prolonged flashback which I didn't quite care for except there's one scene with all the Warhol superstars and it's very appropriate that they're in that scene. Past that, I will say that that ending is just like that it comes up and uh, surprises you and all of a sudden you're just like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's very uneasy. The, the thing that kept uh, creeping into my mind watching this movie and it is so dark and so much of it is set at night yeah. uh, is it would be great to see this at, at the drive-in oh, in, back in the day. And, and the movie played the drive-in circuit, I understand, on release and then went on to enjoy new life on VHS and then, it, uh, and then public domain. I've watched it twice now. And I don't know that I would be averse to watching it again because, like I said, there's a lot of stuff in it that does work. I don't know that the movie as a whole works, although, like you said, the ending is a a great moment. And the twist, the more you think about it, the cleverer it seems and it really recontextualizes the entire movie. So, yeah, it's one of those movies that I guess kind of just grows on you in a way. Patrick O'Neill knows how to play a rich guy. He does so very effectively. He drives a jag in yes. this in this movie. And it made me think back to his days when he was a regular on Philadelphia TV because really? he used to do commercials for Easy 101 oh, in Philadelphia. I remember Easy and, 101. Yeah, and, and he was constantly their pitch man for, for some time. Wow. We have a clip. Yes, we do. This is with uh, Mary Warrenov and James Patterson. This is when the son of the old man – visits the mayor's daughter. He's looking for the mayor. Okay, mister, that's far enough. What do you want here? Mayor. Try again. My father's not home. And don't move. You want me to put my hands up? No. Just stay there. What are you staring at? I seem to remember you from the road. That's why I'm holding a gun. You scare me. That makes sense. Thanks. Does everybody carry one here? You can ask the sheriff when he gets here. I'll call him. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but... The sheriff's office is empty. How do you know? I was just there. Who are you? A Jeffrey Butler. Oh, you're the one who's selling the house? Yes. Have you any ID? Come on. Don't laugh at me. I want your ID. Some maniac escaped from Margaretville. Okay. Put it on the table. Now go back. California license. Lucky you. Would you like to see my maniac card from the asylum? They'll give you one when you escape. There's a big scarlet M on it so people won't get confused. You know, I misplaced my maniac card (laughs) some time ago. I carry mine. But the setup for that was there's an early shot where she's driving past and she sees him with a tire iron smashing it into the windshield of his car. And the movie does sort of – cast doubt on whether this guy can be trusted at various moments, which is another thing it does well. Yeah. I mean, he looks pretty scary to begin with. He does. He does not fit the mold of like, you know, dashing hero or whatever. Also, the atmosphere of this, of the entire picture is just very gothic. It's a very 
wonderfully designed movie for like whatever low budget it was on, like especially all the mansion scenes. And we mentioned a uh, set during the holidays, yes. although there's not a lot of Christmas reflected in that movie, although there is a Christmas tree. There is, and the the score plays off of Silent Night, obviously. But there's not a ton of Christmas stuff. This is really a movie that you could enjoy year round if mm-hmm. you're uh, if you're a big horror fan. Silent Night, Bloody Night, easy to find, isn't it? As we said, it's in the public domain, so you can find it on YouTube. I believe you can also find physical copies of it at major online retailers. We might take another look. Who knows? Thank you, Andre. Thank you, Steve. Cinema Obscura. And I'm Steve Nikhazy, along with Andre Bennett. Cinema Obscura is recorded and produced in the KYW studios in Philadelphia. And for more shows, check out the new Radio.com app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for listening. Prowlers, burglars, kids, they're the worst.